You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our spoiler-filled review of Parasite. What? Okay. Yeah, Full-time, I'm deadly serious. All right, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for Parasite, and the story is as follows. Greed and class discrimination threaten the newly formed symbiotic relationship between the wealthy Park family and the destitute Kim clan. The film is starring Song Kang-ho, Lee Sun-kyung, Cho Yu-young, Choi Woo-shik, Park So-dam. It is written and directed by Bong Joon-ho, co-written by Han Jin-won. Join me for this podcast review. I have Daniel Howitt. Hello. And Tom O'Brien. Hey, everybody. And also joining us here, we have a guest this week. We have Kevin Lee from Film Inquiry. Hi, everybody. All right, everyone. So this film premiered at the 2019 Cannes Film Festival to unanimous praise where it won the Palme d'Or. It got picked up by Neon. It is being released in a few days' time. However, it is played at so many different festivals in the lead-up to this year's award season that a lot of us have had the opportunity to catch up with it. So now, a couple of days before its release, we are discussing what is, I think, right now, so far, the most critically acclaimed film of 2019 and possibly even the decade. This is Parasite, ladies and gentlemen. And boy, oh boy, is it perfect. <laughs> I mean, this might be one of the easiest reviews I ever do. <laughs> I mean, I could just sit here at a whole podcast and be like, it's perfect. What's that, Dan? You have something to say about it's perfect. <laughs> Tom, I agree with you. It's perfect, isn't it? 
<laughs> you know, and I could just I could just do this the whole podcast. Um, but no, we are going to talk about it, and this is a movie that I can definitely urge everyone. When I say, please go into this movie as blindly as humanly possible. Do not know anything about the story before you see this movie. And I know for a lot of people that aren't lucky enough to see this at a film festival, they might be listening to this review before seeing the movie for themselves. So I'm going to throw some caution out there. I think we need to talk about spoilers in order to discuss Parasite because I can't possibly think of any other way. (laughs) (laughs) and neon has done such a good job of uh not giving much away in the trailers for this so far that i mean i'm really excited for anyone out there that has not had the chance to enjoy this film this film is what's the word perfect all right (laughs) what i want to do is i want to pass it over to our guest kevin first let the spoilers fly my friend what did you think of bong joon ho's latest film parasite i think it's not only his best film easily i do agree that it is one of the best films this decade i think a large part that helps it excel is bong's mastery of tone how he gets me to laugh to gasp to shriek he does it within the span of seconds and it is perfectly uh, uh, messy the same way real life can be messy that's the best way I can describe it. <laughs> I think the cast um, here, all the actors, they they deliver such naturalistic performances. So whenever the situation changes on them, and it changes within the span of seconds, like I said, they they have more than it takes to react to where the film goes. And you will not predict where the film goes. I, I promise. It, it gets to a point. Uh, halfway where I, I swear my jaw must have fallen to the ground. Oh, same here. I, I I was not prepared for how unpredictable this movie would be. And not unpredictable in the sense of just kind of like, you know, random for the sake of just being artsy or weird or whatever it might be. No, everything about this movie's story felt organic. It felt purposeful. And I think Bong Joon-ho displays a level of control over so much of this movie. You talked about the tone, Kevin, but also, too, in the cinematography, the camera movement, the uh, dialing in on just the performances and hitting the right emotional beats at certain points in the story as it moves along. It it is just... What's the word? Perfect. (laughs) All right, uh, Tom, I'm going to pass it over to you. Tom, what do you think of Parasite? Um, I, I, he is, it, it's a masterpiece. Uh, I really, I, I, I just was blown away by it. Uh, I, but I'm a big Bong fan. Uh, and, uh, he, if people are unfamiliar with him, um, he's done some really terrific films, uh, several with Tilda Swinton. Um, probably the best known is Snowpiercer. Yeah. Another awesome movie. Uh, yeah. Which is going to become a TNT TV series now, of all things. Interesting. And uh, last year on Netflix, he did Okja uh, with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in one of his nuttiest performances and Swinton as twins. And um, it's a, he, what he does, I, I don't want to say he's a master of genre because when you say that, it indicates that he's a master of one genre, but he mixes comedy and uh, drama and 
at times horror uh, altogether, and um, they're not separate. They the, it all blends into an absolutely unique mix, and uh, I would say that Bong uh, is his own genre. Yeah, that's interesting that you bring that up because I remember uh, when the film premiered, I remember a lot of people saying that this film was unclassifiable in terms of genre. It was really, really hard to nail down exactly what Parasite is. And what it is, is what it is. I'm not going to say the P word again. All right. I don't want to overuse it, but it is that. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, in terms of the genre aspect, yeah, there are moments of humor. There's moments of drama. There's moments of thrilling, heart-stopping, as Kevin said, shrieks and gasps that you just yeah. won't see coming. And I, I, I think that it's all just so perfectly calibrated also too in telling a very richly thematic story uh, that can deeply resonate with a very universal audience as this film has so far. Dan, what about you? What do you think of Parasite? Yeah, look, I'm I'm the I'm the fourth one to talk tonight, so all I'm gonna do is repeat everything you guys have said. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it's so good, uh, you know. Uh, for me, I don't I don't know. Um, I I know Tom said he's a big Bong Joon Ho fan. Um, I don't know about uh, Matt and Kevin, but this uh, I'm I'm relatively new to Bong Joon Ho. I've oh, really? only seen yeah, I've only seen Snowpiercer and Okja. Those are the only films. So I've never seen any of his purely Korean um, produced films, and so uh, uh, until this one. And so uh, this, this, I'm I'm one over. I'm one over. I'm, I need to go back and catch up on his filmography because this this movie is just incredible. And uh, I did. I almost knew nothing about this movie at all. No trailers. Uh, I knew nothing about the plot before seeing it. And that was absolutely the right way to go because it's it's hard to even describe what it's about without getting into spoilers. Um, and everything about it is surprising. Like Kevin said, every every moment, you never know what's going to happen. Um, it's so surprising and shocking and all in natural, understandable ways. Um, and so it's phenomenal. Like, I, again, I'm just repeating everything you guys have said. The tone of this movie is is just perfect. It's it's pitch black comedy. It's thriller it's all balanced so incredibly well and 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 so many emotions that very very so wildly literally laugh out loud moments mm-hmm. um and genuine like thrills and and uh, even a few frightening moments um and so it's just the all of those blend together just completely perfectly it's it's effortlessly tense like throughout almost the whole thing it's just yeah. you feel this tension boiling yeah. underneath the, the the great scene of tension is definitely the uh scene where uh, the Kim family is left behind at the house and they have the house all oh, to yeah. themselves and they're eating like food and drinking and just having a grand old time. Oh, God. And then the, the Park family announces great. that they're coming back mm. and they have to somehow clean up the mess and oh, hide. And I just remember watching this and thinking to myself, oh, MJ, yeah. I could not even imagine hiding underneath like that table for maybe what must have been hours not making a single sound. Oh. And you know what's crazy, Matt, is is the way you describe it, like if you hadn't seen the movie, that almost sounds like a goofy comedy, like the plot to like some some over It the is top to a comedy. certain extent. But yeah. like it's but this is it's done in such a way that yeah, there is there is a, an element of humor there, but it's 
it's so tense in a really natural way because you don't yeah. want you don't want this to all fall apart right now. No, not at all. And and well, that's the interesting thing about it too, right? Is that the Kim family basically infiltrates the Park family uh, with these different jobs, right? So um, the son basically is a tutor, but the daughter is um, an art psychologist, like, like <laughs> art therapist, some art that, therapist. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, the father becomes the uh, Mr. Park's driver. And the mom, uh, who's the last one to get in there, she basically uh, takes over as the uh, the nanny, the maid, uh, whatever you want to call it, essentially. And as each person starts to come into the family, it, it is played with kind of this light tone of humor because it's like, oh, let's see what diabolical, clever way they're going to somehow mm-hmm. like get involved now. And it's <laughs> kind of fun because it's ingenious watching yes. how they get in involved. You know what I mean? It's almost like a classic heist movie, right? The whole team yeah. is kind of coming together yeah. in a way. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way of putting it. I, I like that a lot. And and you're rooting for them. Mm-hmm. Even though you know that it can't possibly last. No, no. But the, but the great thing is that Bong doesn't demonize the Park family. They're yeah. very interesting, True. too. Yeah. So that was one of the things that I think Parasite works phenomenally well because of how it does not judge the characters. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm interested in that, actually, because the uh, Mrs. Park is definitely taken advantage of. She's definitely extremely gullible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Kim family uses that to their advantage. And, you know, a part of me, like, often, like, often wondered while watching, would it have been so bad to just admit that you are all somehow related and it's like because they're not related or they're not supposed to be it's easier to recommend somebody else to come in you know what i mean where yeah if it was this just this family unit coming in all of a sudden now there's an agenda oh now there mm-hmm. must be some sort of hidden reason and so on and so forth you know what i mean yeah, yeah. There's, there's also a class thing about it well yeah definitely i mean you know this whole thing about um about how mr park uh, constantly references how um, they smell, yeah, right, yeah. compared to them. And it's not done in a, I would say, malicious evil sort of a way. It's just very ignorant. Yeah. Right, exactly. And th- that's what I mean by the uh, judgment, is that I think what's great about the film is it's an angry movie, but Bong directs it with restrained anger. He's not... He's not labeling the parks as the villains of this story. What he's doing is he's pointing a finger at them. He's calling to attention of their privilege and most importantly, their ignorance. Yeah, that's good. Totally. I mean, how else are you going to interpret, you know, that ending moment as to why uh, Mr. Kim decides to do what he does at the end? Because I'll admit at first at first thought, I was like, whoa, 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 what? Holy shit, like, what are we doing here? Why'd you do that? You know what I mean? But then you realize... I saw it coming. Did you? Yeah? Yes. Uh, it was a line that Mr. Kim says. And the minute he says that line, I knew it was coming. But Mr. Kim says to Mr. <laughs> Park before, like, when they're hiding in the bushes? No, it was a line. So we're talking spoilers now, right? Well, we've, been, we've been talking spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a line... It's a line that Mr. Kim gives to his son when they're sleeping. And and Kim says to his son, the best plan is having no plan. Ah, acting mm-hmm. on impulse. 
Yeah, it's it's the second he says that line in the situation they were in, they were sleeping in that shelter. Mm-hmm. He says that line at that moment, and I knew that something like that was going to happen at the end. And so when it happened, it felt completely earned and not out of nowhere, like like another film might. And like you said, it's not even. I I wouldn't even say. Let me ask you this question: Do you think that uh, Kim, Mr. Kim? stabbing Mr. Park and effectively killing him at the end of the movie. Do you think that it is personal or do you think it is just a um, impulsive act of just rage? I definitely think it's the, the impulse and, and it's a reaction of um, obvi- obvi- obviously emotions are heightened and all the crap that just happened, all, everything that just went down. Yeah. And it, it, out of the rage of him seeing how he's treated him this whole film, how he's talked about his the way he smells and and how he kind of recoils when he even gets close with the keys and then, um, you know, kind of just lashes out out of that anger, I think. Anyone else have a different interpretation there or? No, no. I mean, I did. There, there is the political stuff of class. You know, it's, it's sort of like the underclass is going to be going after the ruling class. Um, and which which I think gives the film a little bit more heft uh, when we're talking about uh, people really delving into it, uh, that uh, but but I, I think that Mr. Park again is not a not a villain in all of this. Uh, I think when he says that Mr. Kim smells, it's not done well. It, it sounds awful, but it, it's not done maliciously. It's just an observation, right. and um, and uh, when uh, you know. It, I, but I think that. Um, you know, Mr. Kim sees it very maliciously and that might be a motivation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that. You know, it, 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 it's a very, very interesting movie because like on one level, you can just look at it as a form of entertainment. But if you, once you start really digging uh, beneath what exactly the message of the film is and what it is trying to say in regards to class, like you're saying there, Tom, there is a lot to really uncover with it. I mean, I think that something that, um, that strikes me so much in this movie that I hope to God someone just singles this out at some point in their like critics group or whatever it might be. The production design in contrasting uh, the Kim's home with the Park home is just incredible. I mean, that alley for uh, the Kim's residence is just stunning. And the fact that it gets destroyed at one point during a flood mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. even more outstanding. I I couldn't believe that this movie had a set piece like that in it. No, I've never saw that. I was like, whoa, whoa, they're destroying the whole set. This is insane, <laughs> you know? And it came at the perfect time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so also contrast that, like I said, with the park house, which we get to see in great detail because of Bong's uh, flowing camera, just taking us from room to room, following the characters throughout. I mean, the architecture of that thing is just stunning. Yeah, it's breathtaking. So I'm, I'm hoping somewhere, if anyone's listening, please, for the love of God, nominate this for production design this year, please. <laughs> I beg you. Because <laughs> it's really, really something. I like to comment a couple things that I could not believe Bong got away with. Because mm-hmm. I feel like when you see it in any other movie, it may come off as um, on the nose a lot or really heavy-handed, mm-hmm. and yet it worked perfectly here. Uh, what I'm what I'm talking about is um, the alley, like you said, right? There's clearly a set of a flight of stairs that goes downwards yeah. to where they live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
there, there's a clear idea that the park, the parks are living high up. Yes. And the Kims are living in pretty much a basement home. Yeah. Right. The stairs coming down, the water flood coming downwards, it may come off as on the nose elsewhere. And I felt like all it did here is it elevated what was already a sharp commentary on the class divide and the inequality and the poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I could not believe uh, he got away with is the the whole uh, basement subplot halfway into the film. It felt yeah. earned. That it was felt insane. expected. I mean, it was unexpected, of course, but yeah. it felt natural because you have already seen the Kims pretty much live in a basement of their own. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it echoes that. And it also goes to show you, too, that the poverty and the divide is so widespread that it's not just this is not behavior that is regulated just towards the Kims. Everyone is doing this one way or another. You know, that's how bad the times are uh, for people. And I I love what that's saying there uh, for sure. And the reveal of that, that the house, the reveal of the housekeeper and her husband living in that basement and how they've just she's been like bringing him food. I, I wonder like how many days at a time this guy must go without food if she can't manage to get him some or something, you know, and it's like, yeah. That, that oh man like that that whole sequence was just absolutely crazy the whole reveal when she comes to the door at night all of that was amazing and it, it creates for some really compelling drama as well because now the kim family has brought themselves into the park's life and they're all now got these jobs within the house and they've they've basically screwed uh the house the original housekeeper out of her job and mm-hmm. now she's all like, no, 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 screw you guys. I'm going to rat you guys out and expose you guys for who you are. And exactly, you get into this amazing conflict where as an audience member, I myself am actively working through the situation. I myself am trying to figure out where's the peaceful resolution here? Are they going to find it? What would I say in this moment? There's a level of engagement here of the audience that is just so compelling. Yeah, put yourself in the housekeeper's place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I don't want to. I like I like peaches, you know. So <laughs> we kind of we kind of talked about it earlier, but like that's that's the brilliant thing about this movie is that at no point in time did I ever th- there's not a real villain in this movie. Like I, I, it, to a certain extent, I understand everybody's perspective. Um every single person including the housekeeper like you kind of get where she's coming from. Um including her husband. Insane. Who, you know, maybe not be all there from being stuck in a basement for however long, you know? Right. And also, too, has just gone through a traumatic experience of uh, losing his wife. Uh, You know, oh, my God, that moment. Mm. Oh, the the fall down the stairs and then the thud of her back of her head against the wall. Oh, oh, the gasps from people. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Insane. (laughs) Insane. And it's like, and those are the moments, too, where... You know, as I'm watching the film and I'm watching this all play out, I'm like, all right, this has like a degree of fun. But then as soon as things turn really serious and something like that happens, I just, you know, it's like I got this moment where I just point at the screen. I smile and I'm like, oh, that bong. He is so good. (laughs) He got me. (laughs) It is funny. There's a lot of audience involvement in this. I, I saw it at a theater with a fairly large audience and the gasps all the way through this. 
It's as if people really weren't prepared. I wasn't prepared. And uh, certainly some of the scenes we we have just mentioned really, really registered. And uh, it's it's going to be a surprise for folks. I hope we haven't spoiled too much. No, no. I mean, like I said earlier, I hope that people that are listening – have already seen it uh, at this point because, you know, there there is a lot of spoilers here. So, <laughs> yeah, just... um, and I don't want to stop there. I actually want to uh, talk about what is for me the moment in the movie that elevated this from a nine to a perfect 10 out of 10. Spoiler on my rating, by the way. Uh, the ending of the film. Thank you. So yeah. the major question, I think that we all probably have asked ourselves when it comes to the ending of Parasite, is it real or is it imaginary? Kevin, what do you think? Well, you know, I think there are examples out there where both can be true at the same time. Um, uh, I think I think a perfect example of that is uh, Pan's Labyrinth, where people would ask, is the fantasy real or is it all in the girl's head? And I'm of the belief that both are true. They both kind of exist at, at once, really. And I kind of felt like that was the same thing here with the ending the parasite, because I thought the I felt like the dream is almost like a, a peek into what will happen in the future, what would hopefully happen in the future. And, and so I feel like it, it feels right for it to come true eventually or you could look at it as a hopeless dream that would never come to be but i i i I don't know i think if you have it true it really shows that bong's heart is in the right place and i think if it isn't true i think it then represents at least hope and a positive uh wish for the future at least right right I, i think it goes back to um, what I thought about the film being a restrained anger. It's not a completely angry movie. It knows when to uh, have that emotional heft to it. Right. Uh, you know, upon upon viewing, I thought it was real completely, and I actually like bought into it, and I was quite emotional at the end, actually. Um, mostly because uh, Sung Kang Ho's uh, performance as Mr. Kim uh, really, really, really just struck me. Uh, by the time we got to the end of the film, and I was just really so heavily invested in what was going to happen to the family. Then I thought about it a little bit more, and I kind of started asking myself, like, how long would it realistically take for you to go from literally nothing to having enough money to buy that house? And why is uh, the actor... um, uh, Choi uh, Wu Sik, who plays uh, uh, Ki Wu, why, why is he not aged at all? He has the same haircut, yeah. you know, he, he looks exactly the same. Like, could they not give him some facial hair or something just to age him up a little bit? And I think that's by design because they don't want you to, they don't want you to, they don't want to lead you to believe that it is real, as we said before, right? They want to leave it open to interpretation. So they have that in there for that reason. But yeah, I don't like this whole, I don't like this whole it could be either or, you know? It's like when I watch stuff like, the wrestler or in Bruges or whatever has like open-ended endings. And you know, it's up to the audience to decide, damn it. I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know, damn it. I, but I will say that I do like um, those endings for one reason, one reason only. Anytime I go back to ever revisit parasite or any one of those other movies I just mentioned, 
depending on where I am at what stage of my life, I might have a totally different reaction to the movie overall based on that. Yeah. And I think that's what creates, um, in many instances, a really, really great film. Dan, Tom, do you guys have thoughts on the ending? I would, I would say that uh, it takes a really, really good movie to pull off an ending like this. Uh, you have to kind of lay the groundwork early on so that there is a question at the end. And it's not just superficial. It's like, oh, yeah, well, there was this and there was this. But on the other hand, there was that and there was that. And Bond does all of that. I mean, do we also believe that they would go to trial and only and only receive like probation for what they did? Maybe because they took pity on them because uh, the daughter dies and, you know, he has like, you know, the brain injury and everything. I don't know. You know, I was trying to like figure it out, like after what had happened and, you know, the fact that people were killed in the process I, I found it a little hard to believe that they didn't just like go to jail for the rest of their lives, you know. <laughs> right. If, if it was in New York, this this uh, story would be on the uh, front page of the New York Post for two weeks. Easily, <laughs> easily. Uh, Dan, what about you? Yeah, no, I I, I agree with what you guys have said. Uh, it definitely it it didn't feel. I, I I noticed the same things that you noticed, Matt, about how it didn't feel like. It felt like it would take him a lot longer if this was real to to pull that off. But I, I interpreted it as hope, as um, just like throughout the whole film, they've been they've been trying kind of reaching up, right, reaching past their class to kind of reach for a hope for for more, even if they're lying or, or cheating or or scamming people to get it. This is kind of what they're doing is reaching up. And so this felt like another reach towards uh, what if, what if I can purchase that same exact house and live in it and rescue my father and all that stuff. So, um, so that's how I interpret it as, as hope. I also too, like, I, I, I want to go back because I think you just said something interesting there, Dan, about, um, how they, like, we're, we're very aligned with the Kim family and their plight. Yet the things that they do are questionable going so far also as to, um, <laughs> You know, impacting the uh, the housekeeper with the peaches and things like that. Like it's pretty. It gets to a point where um, what starts off as kind of harmless in a way, as far as just like committing like you know fraud and um, forgery and you know lying and things of that nature. All and of a sudden, then st- yeah, it just then all of a sudden starts to gradually become murder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And but not intentional, obviously. Um, but but I guess like what I'm getting at here is I, I think the judgment aspect that we were bringing up earlier is very, very interesting for even though they do really, really bad things, there's never a moment where I don't understand where they're coming from. And I think the movie earns its ending precisely because they don't it doesn't turn the Kims into villains yeah. at any point. Their yeah. self-preservation is so palpable that it, that you understand where they're coming from, e- even if it doesn't. I don't think the movie excuses what they do necessarily. Um, no, and I think that's why it. they suffer consequences at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I I did ask myself why did the daughter have to die? Does that does that mean something? Does yeah. it symbolize something? Well, I, th- I think partially it's a pun- punishment for for 
what they've done to a certain extent. Yeah, no, and, and that's exactly how I interpreted it as well. I, I was I was right there with you. Same thing. I'm, I'm curious uh, what you guys feel about the performances. If there was a anybody who who stood out for me for me, uh, Park So Dam, who who plays the daughter, uh, I felt like she was phenomenal. She was a standout in my opinion. What about you guys? Uh, Song Kang Ho as Mr. Kim was my MVP here. Yeah, that's great. I mean, he uh, Song uh, Kang Ho is a uh, you know staple of uh, uh, Bong's movies, and it's so nice to see him jump from role to role, from the host to Snowpiercer to this. And this, I think, is his best performance ever. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. Um, he just has this really, really sympathetic look, even when he is just completely angry and he's behind the wheel of that car and he's just like stone cold stare. There's still like this amazing empathy behind his eyes in that yeah. performance that I just, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you on that. What about you, Kevin? Actually, uh, well, first of all, everyone in this film is phenomenal. Agreed. But if I have to pick one, I actually have to go with uh, Cho Yo Jung as Mrs. Park. You know, I, I like that. I like that, especially for the for the comedic aspects. I think she really helps to sell the comedy in the first act. Yeah, especially. but you know, so. So I was one of the few who um, uh, I, I recommend people to not watch the trailer, but the trailer is still very, very well made. And I did see the trailer before I saw the film and the trailer gave me the impression that Mrs. Park was going to be extremely strict. And I thought that that was going to be part of Bong's commentary on the rich people. So I was extremely surprised when she turned out to be the very naive nice woman in the film who was very easily uh, manipulated by the Kims. Yeah. And so it really, really caught me off guard. It was like a curveball, And I thought she was so natural in that role, how she goes from having the authority because she's the one with the money to all of a sudden crumbling because she does not have any of the knowledge. She does not have any of the experience. Another thing, too, I'll just point out about this movie. Um, a, a friend of mine was asking me, like, you know, because he was like, oh, Matt, you always find flaws in everything. You know, he's like, is there are there any flaws in Parasite? And I'm like, you know, I, I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm not kidding when I say this. Like, I, I, I struggled to find anything with this movie that I could say, yeah, you know, it could have been this. Oh, you know, it could have been that, you know, it might have been better if they did this, blah, blah, blah. No, <laughs> there's literally not a single thing in this movie <laughs> that I would change at all. Well. I'm going to play a little devil's advocate because I, I do think there's a couple things in the film that I can see other people having problems with, even though I myself did not have a problem. Okay. Yeah. Let's hear him actually. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Cause I really think, I think I have my blinders on, on this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think there will be some people out there who have an issue with the ending having narration because the rest of the film did not have it. Interesting. And so maybe someone out there would think the ending wraps it all up in a very convenient way. This It's almost like a voice, the narrator, telling us, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. Okay, movie over. Unless if you want to interpret that the whole ending is complete bullshit because of that. You can. Yeah. Yes, you, yeah. you can. That may be another way of looking at it. But I can tell you, I would not be surprised if someone was with the movie until the end and felt like the ending came up short. The only reason why I I don't 
okay, here's the only reason why I, 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 because I, I, I hear what you're saying. I get it. But what made the moment for me was that they worked the Morse code back into the story. And there was payoff. So there was something that was brought up yeah. earlier. It was part of the story. And then it comes back at the end. And then there is this emotional payoff as a result. And that for me is what made the ending click as much as it did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on that, Matt. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, like anything <laughs> yeah. I would anything I would say then about like the voiceover or anything like that or how it tidies up maybe a little too nice if you want to interpret the ending as real. And it's like, oh, let's just put a bow on it, shall we? Um I I I I I think that's okay in this given instance. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a there's one more tiny thing in the film that, mm-hmm. that if I really have to be picky about that that there was one thing in the film where I went huh? oh, oh okay all right which is uh, the the son in the Park family uh, I think his name is Dasong yeah mm-hmm. and um, the film kept teasing the song reading the morse code from the light it kept teasing that you see it at least twice plus there's the connection of the son seeing someone and it's affected him mm-hmm. and i thought there will be a payoff to that i thought it was going to build to something i thought the song was going to be the first person in the park family to figure it out to figure out something and it didn't it didn't go in that direction it didn't nothing really happen maybe something was cut Maybe. Or maybe it was just there to foreshadow that there was somebody else living in the basement. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't thought of that. That's that, yeah, that could Well, because of the Morse code. Yeah. So, I mean, um, yeah, I, I'm okay. Okay. I'll give you that one. Uh, but, yeah. to be, but to be honest, the fact that I never even thought about it until you just said it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just worried that we're setting people up for it's like we're, this is the, the praise that we're giving it is so high and it's so deserved that I hope people aren't going to be disappointed by it because it's an yeah. unusual film. I want to I want to remind I want to remind you, Tom, that I swear to God, if anyone is listening to this at this point and they have not seen the movie and we've just spoiled all this for them, a I'm deeply sorry, and b I am so pissed off right now. <laughs> <laughs> So I hope that is not true. I hope that is not true. I hope that this is people that have already seen the movie that are just hearing what we think about it at this point. Because, uh, and I'll make it very, very clear in the beginning. I'll even, yep. I'll even, I'll even edit in a little disclaimer uh, just to make sure that people like turn this off right away and <laughs> run away, uh, and hopefully run to the theater to uh, check it out. You know me, and I, I am. I've not been this deliriously high on a movie since we've known each other. Yeah. No, it, it's been almost uh, a year uh, for me, actually. I haven't been this high on a movie probably since The Favorite. Um, and to be honest with you, I think I'm even higher on this than I was that. So yes. go ahead, Howard. Well, I'm, I'm cu- you know, I know we're going to talk about Oscar prospects here in, in a little bit, but I'm just wondering if, you know, no Korean film has ever been nominated at the Oscars. And this film is getting unanimous praise. I mean, it's, it's still at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. I haven't spoken to a single film critic that had anything negative to say about it. Well, but I'm just wondering how the Academy will will respond. Uh, I'm, I'm just fascinated because it is a it is a phenomenal movie. And uh, like we've all just raved. I'm just it is also 
a, a, a strange movie, you know, in, in mm-hmm. wonderful ways. I'm just wondering how the Academy will respond to that strangeness, you know? Yeah, I, I think that's a good transition there. Um, are there any final thoughts from anyone before we get into the awards conversations? Anyone have anything they want to mention that we didn't get a chance to mention? Uh, two things. No, yeah. Number one, shout out to the score. Mm. So yeah. we, would take, yeah. we were talking about the beginning part, how the Kim family, one by one, they slowly become part of the park's lives, right? There, there, was, a, there, was, a, there was a moment around the first act where there's a montage moment where you start to see the Kims one by one joining. And at that moment, it may be predict it may be predictable, okay, next is the dad, next is the mom. But a big part, a big component that kept it still unpredictable tonally is the score. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. The other thing too, I, I also think the film's editing is uh, very unpredictable because it is yes. it, it cuts very quickly and keeps the pace moving, but it also knows when to slow down. And let moments play out, whether it be for tension or for revealing character moments, uh, such as, um, oh, I'm forgetting her name right now, but the the park's uh, daughter um, when she's with um, uh, with 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 uh, son. Yeah, with Kiwu. And um, like those moments. So I think. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like those moments are where the movie like then just like slows down and the camera. Oh, man, the way he moves the camera in this. At mm. times, I, I just like such control. Oh, such control. Love it. <laughs> Very purposeful. Yeah. And then the second thing I wanted to say is we, we were talking about the worry of potentially overhyping this film. Look, I've been hyped about this film for over four months. I've heard all the praise. I've heard about the 100% tomato meter. I've heard about the palm door. And I still did not predict what was going to happen halfway. Yeah. <laughs> no one yeah. is going to predict what happens halfway <laughs> so i feel like we might overhype it but i guarantee you people would have a very good time with the unpredictability of this yeah yeah i know i did uh, i found it to be one of the most exciting and fun times watching a movie this year when it was over i wanted to just run up to a rooftop and just like scream at the top of my lungs <laughs> about how much i love cinema this yeah. is a movie that reinvigorates one's enjoyment of cinema yeah i i saw it way back in june and i've had to shut up through the whole for all this time so i'm so happy to be able to talk about it (laughs) (laughs) that must have been like right after can yeah jeez louise all right well um i guess at this point um listen yeah i'm at 10 out of 10 on this bad boy uh perfect rating very very rarely do i ever give this out but Holy shit, if this doesn't deserve it, I don't know what does. And I'll be shocked, shocked, I tell you, if anything else comes out this year that exceeds this as my number one favorite film of the year. I will be beyond I'm, shocked. I'm, I might have one. I might have one. <laughs> I know you have one. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your great? what's your grade, Kevin? Well, uh, look, Parasite, I, I think, is is a perfect film it is a 10 out of 10 like the one of the easiest 10 out of 10s i've given i'm just very torn between this and portrait of a lady on fire as my number one of this year eh, well you know mm. give it time yep. <laughs> <laughs> both of them are excellent both of them are really really excellent um i really did enjoy portrait of a lady on fire as well dan howitt what about you 
Uh, I am notoriously stingy on 10 out of 10s. Um, so I'm, I'm giving this a 9 out of 10. Um, I, I really, really, really love this movie so much. Um, I'm, I'm not sure it, 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 for me, 10 out of 10s really need to get to my heart. And this one didn't, didn't quite do that. And that's not a negative on this movie. It's a phenomenal 9 out of 10 movie. Uh, but yeah, so that's where I landed. Okay. Tom? Like Dan, I'm very stingy on 10s, but I don't care. It's been <laughs> since 2015, and I saw Mad Max Fury Road that I've given a 10 to anything. Wow. This is the easiest 10 I've ever given. I almost didn't give a single 10 last year. I And uh, everybody was like, oh, you know, give it to Roma. And I was like, ah, all right. Wow. The, the favorite was close. Wow. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I, like, I didn't give any. Yeah. I, I Last year was wow, the year where – I relented last year and I finally started giving a little like more tens because normally I only give one or two a year. Yeah. Um, this year, this is the only one that's gotten a 10. I've had other movies that have come extremely close or I've had somewhere I labeled it a 10 and then 24 hours passed. And I was like, nah, really, it's a nine. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Either either you guys are all super strict or I'm just super generous. Um, I, I'm very strict. I know this about myself. Yeah. Like I, I'm very, very hard to please. And I, I think that's good. I think that's good for me because I mean, I've gotten feedback from our listeners and from people over the years that they know that because I'm so hard to please that if something really does please me, it must be worth seeing. Sure. Like I'm not just giving them out like, you know, oh, you get a 10 and you get a 10. You know, oh, let, let's hope that somebody puts me on a poster because I gave this perfect rating. You know, like I, I don't, I don't do that. <laughs> so. Oscar potential, Parasite. Okay. Selected for South Korea's entry into the best international feature film category this year. Uh, guys, if this, like, could you imagine if this does not get a nomination? Oh, God. They must. <laughs> it's not going to happen. That South Korea submitted. No, I know, but, but this would be, like, to, to Dan's point, the first Korean film. To receive a single Oscar nomination. Amazing. Uh, I mean, here's the other thing, too. Shocking. I think it is the default winner for international feature. Um, You know, I'm sure there are fans of other films. Um, Like, you know, Portrait of a Lady on Fire's got its fans. Pain and Glory has its fans. Uh, Les Miserables has its fans. Uh, I just remembered that Portrait of a Lady on Fire will not be the selection. But, you know, listen, at the end of the day, (laughs) you know, it's like other movies have their fans. I get it. But I think if we, at this point, I know it's only, as of this recording, it's September 30th right now. This, to me, is like the one lock as far as winning an Oscar on the night goes, as far as I'm concerned. I, I just wonder if it's too easy. Like, I, like well, was, Ro- was Roma too easy last year? It's true, but that was also an across-the-board contender, which Parasite could be. But might not be, you know, Roma, Roma almost won best picture. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. going to say that about Parasite just yet, but I definitely think that Neon has an amazing shot to get this into picture, international feature film, director for Bong Joon-ho and the screenplay. I can lean towards, uh, especially after last year with with Cold War getting the lone director nominee, um, that that seems more likely. Um, I could see that as a possibility. I'm less inclined to see a screenplay nomination happen. I would love it. This is easily one of the best screenplays of the year so far, um, but I, I'm less inclined 
to see that happen, but it's I, it's possible. I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm just so fascinated. I'm so curious at how the Academy will respond. It's hard for me to say that yes, they're going to love it across the board. I just can't. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not there yet. I I tend to lean with the fact that Bong has made uh, films that Hollywood audiences, Academy members have probably seen, which always mm-hmm. helps. So he himself is a name in that regard, the same way like Alfonso Cuarón is a name. Yeah. And it, I think it also helps that the film is wickedly original, wickedly entertaining. And it also resonates on many levels. Like you said, the screenplay itself is deserving. And we've seen movies uh, get into this category before. We've seen um, we've seen a more get in. We've seen a separation get in. We've seen Roma get in. So I think screenplay for an international uh, feature film contender is definitely not out of the realm of possibility, especially if it is as beloved as this one is. The writers are very responsive to, uh, uh, you know, foreign language films. I mean, Almodovar won for mm-hmm. Talk to Her. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that it's definitely possible. It's on the table. I'm predicting it as of today, um, unless if, you know, unless if the tide changes. But I could also see this film just running away with a ton of critics' prizes in the lead-up. I mean, the film's already won the Palme d'Or. Who knows what else it's also going to win, you know, along the way. I mean, it was third place for the uh, TIFF uh, Audience Award. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. I, I think that goes to show you, and like I said, it's one of those movies where I haven't heard a single person say anything negative about this film, which is why, like, Kevin, when you brought up, like, the nitpicky stuff, I was like, Jesus Christ, you're the first person I've heard that has done this, you know? <laughs> I couldn't believe well, it for a second. Yeah. No, I know, well, I know, I know. Me. You said, Like you said, you prefaced by saying if people wanted to, they could. I, I get it, I get it. Yeah, I mean, one of the things is I, I watch it for myself, but I also watch it for other people. Yeah, no, I do, I do the same thing. I'm, I'm yeah. with you on that. Um, it, it's helpful to have perspective. Apart from the quality of the film, I just wanted to, Neon really impressed me with their uh, Oscar campaign for I, Tanya. I mean, they were really new back then. And mm. now they've got Portrait of a Lady on Fire. They've got Biggest Little Farm. And this... Um, Clemency. Boy, yep, I'm really... Imp- I, I think they're going to be able to play the Oscar game very well. I think so, too. And Bong has been campaigning. Yeah, he has. You know, I, I think that obviously it's to get the international feature. I mean, a win for South Korea in this would be so great, especially after the the Handmaiden uh, burning, you burning, know, two yeah. very recent examples that should have easily have gotten nominations and they didn't. I, I think that this... This just feels like it's bound to happen. Like all other contenders can just be content with their nominations this year, as far as I'm concerned, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Bong is very personable. I think he's going to campaign very well. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And, and that's also why I think that he stands a good shot at that director nomination as well. Yeah. Me too. So screenplay is like the iffy one. But as you said, uh, Tom, the Academy writers are typically very savvy and they tend to go outside the box, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. And I also think, that, like I said, based on the fact that we are seeing a lot more foreign language film contenders in the last decade get nominated in that category, I, I think it stands a really good chance in that regard. I agree. This, I mean, original screenplay this year is really crowded, but I think this will get in because it, it, it just stands apart from everything else I've seen this year. Yeah. Tell me if you guys think I'm wrong here, but I think like the one like lone 
crazy outside if this happened holy shit thing would be the production design Hmm. yeah i'm not sure that i see that as a possibility i agree with you it's good but i I don't i don't think that that's gonna because it's not showy which is which is a credit to the film well what about the what about the editing or the score then i mean you know let's just spitball here Sure. I think score is a possibility. I think cinematography is is out of, of the text is its most likely nomination, of course. Um, but definitely its score is is possible. Kevin, any thoughts there? I actually think of those three, I see editing the most. Yeah, I, I, I could. I could see it. This film moves. I mean, it does. I can't tell you how many international films I see. I mean, I'm going through NYFF right now and the slate this year is very international. I can't tell you how many I see that just have this pace that make me want to go to sleep. <laughs> this movie just kept me hooked yeah, the entire time. And, you know, I get it. Slow movies have their audience. You know, they have their place in the world. I get it. Yeah. I, I would say it, it, it makes it into best editing if it um, if it becomes a legitimate best picture nominee. If best picture becomes a, a surefire thing, then it, it has a shot at, at making it into... Uh, into editing i've even heard some people say that best picture could even be a possibility as far as a win goes now granted the only reason why i've been hearing this is because everybody's struggling to find a front runner right now so everybody's like well why not just pick the most critically acclaimed film of the year that no one has anything negative to say about it's probably the irishman man I, I get that i know i know i'm just saying <laughs> if i have to pick a front runner right now for best picture it's the irishman yeah, no, no, no. I, I get. I agree with you. Ever since Friday, things have changed. Before Friday, um, this is what I was hearing, and I was. I'm trying to make this interesting, okay, Kevin? Stop trying to kill the. <laughs> stop trying to kill the thunder. <laughs> I'll, I'll throw this in. Uh, the critics groups could really move Parasite along. Yes, yes. L.A. Film Critics, we know what you're going to do. Yeah. Don't let us down. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we love them. Yep, exactly. Alrighty, well, uh, let's get out of here, Kevin. Thank you so much for joining us for this uh, review of Parasite here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Tell everybody Thank that's you. listening where they can find you on the internet. You will find me at K-L-E-E underscore film review on Twitter. I'm very active there. Hello. And I write for Film Inquiry right now. So you could check out my reviews over there. And I'm still still publishing my reviews from NYFF. Yeah, same here. <laughs> I feel like I'll be doing that for quite a while, actually. Uh, <laughs> Alrighty. Dan Howard, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at HowatDK. It's H-O-W-A-T-D-K. You can also find me on my main show, The Screeners Podcast. Tom O'Brien. And I am always on Twitter at Thomas E. O'Brien. And you can find me on Twitter raving about this perfect movie at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Parasite here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Player, FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really, really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over to us at Patreon for $1 minimum a month. You will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time.